Hey folks, Damon D here. Welcome to the Under Review Show. It's our sports apocalypse episode every Friday. Come on and give you sports updates on what the hell is going on and what the hell to bet on in the world of sports. Uh, well, obviously, we got basketball here. We got basketball playoffs starting. Hockey playoffs going. Full steam. Um, football's going to start. College football. Who fucking knows? Um, but one thing that has been going, and it basically didn't stop during the entire sports apocalypse, well, that's mixed martial arts, my friends. And because this Friday is the eve of another massive UFC pay-per-view card, we've got Sandu MMA on to hang out and talk to us about uh, UFC 252 that's rolling through, um, yeah, this Saturday night. I can't wait for it. Uh, once again, uh, Sandu MMA is our guy. He is our insider uh, for all things MMAs on BT Sports. Uh, you can find him online at Sandu MMA. And uh, you know what? We get all our odds from the good people of betonline.ag. Uh, you can find all their odds through his channels. And then he's uh, nice enough to come and hang out with us. Sandu, how you doing, man? I'm good, Damon. It's been a minute uh, since yep. I was kind of jump on a, on a podcast, talk a bit of mixed martial arts. But yeah, this is huge. This is the big pay-per-view event of the month from the UFC. And it's easily the most anticipated heavyweight title fight in the promotion's history. Steve Miocic, Daniel Cormier 3. It's the trilogy. It's the rubber match. It's Daniel Cormier's retirement fight. The stakes couldn't be higher. He wants to go out as a champion. Steve Miocic wants to, to defeat him, to, to leave no shadow of a doubt that he is the better man. I mean, what more could you ask for in a, in a main event? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I mean, uh, here's the deal. Uh... There's two. This is one guy too, who's who's like a signature MMA dude. Like Daniel Cormier has turned his career um, into something that we well, a we've never even seen before. But in terms of like what he means to the sport right now as an individual and as a fighter, I don't know if there's a magnitude that we can that we can say somebody who who's been doing color, who who's who's through and, and he intertwined in some of the, the the biggest news stories and controversies of the last five years of mixed martial arts, you know what I mean? And then plus a guy who's holding belts and 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 love him or hate him, a massive massive following. Um, Daniel Cormier is like he he is the face of UFC, whether you like it or not, right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy's doing a lot. He is the official ratings man for the new UFC 4 game by EA Sports. He's got, obviously, his shows and podcasts with ESPN. He's a commentator for the UFC. He's got his show Detail, uh, which airs on ESPN as well. And then he's still uh, an active fighter. Plus, he's also one of the head coaches at American Kickboxing Academy. He's the team captain at AKA. So this guy, he likes to have a full plate. He likes to stay busy. Uh, but one of those jobs and one of those gigs is going to expire in the next day or so. And man, it's, what an incredible career he's had. I mean, literally, the only losses on his record are to John Jones and Stipe Miocic. I mean, that's fairly remarkable, in my opinion. The fact that he was able to win championships in two different weight classes, absolutely beat the best. And uh, man, this guy, he's a, as a credit to the sport. And it's, 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 it's a tough one this weekend because, you, you know, there, there's nothing really bad to say about either guy. It's not as if Stipe Miocic is, is a bad dude or, some, or, or the kind of guy that gets under your skin. He's a firefighter. He's a public servant. And he, held, he holds the record for most consecutive 
title defenses in the heavyweight division. So it literally is one of those situations where you know, let the best man win, and whoever does win and comes out on top, best of luck to you and, and good fortune to, to you moving forward. And, and if Daniel Cormier ends up being um, the recipient of, of an L this weekend, it won't take away from his achievements in the sport. But I tell you what, if he wins and he's able to go out on top, I mean, who else has done that? George St. Pierre is the only other guy I can think of from the top of my head that was considered an all-time great, won a championship in a second weight class, and then just kind of called it quits, rode off on his horse into the sunset. That's the way you do it. And unfortunately, in combat sports, and I include boxing and MMA in this, that rarely happens. Most of the time, you get these guys, they hit their prime, they hit their peak, they're winning, they fall off a little bit, and then it's that chase. They're chasing that dragon. They're chasing uh, that former glory of, of days gone by. And then typically what happens is they start to fall down the, the, the main event to the main car to the prelims, and then they end up becoming fodder. They end up becoming food for the, the younger up-and-coming talent. And so Daniel Cormier doesn't want to be that kind of fighter. So, so all credit to him to say from the outset when this fight was announced, hey, this is my final fight. Win, lose, or draw, I'm calling it a day. So for anyone that's a Daniel Cormier fan, if you're, you're going to tune in because you know this is probably going to be the last time you ever see him fight again. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's amazing how the UFC manages to just keep stories alive. Like right. in, in the middle of summer, uh, there's like the card itself, which we're going to go through right now, isn't anything spectacular. If you're an MMA guy or girl, you're going to like it. You're going to you're going to pay attention. There's a couple of you know minor little uh, little noteworthy people that are come up and through here. Um, but yeah, in terms of just turning something nothing into something, it's really gone gone well for the UFC, especially for this thing, because this could easily have just been a groaner of a card, and it's turned into something that. Uh, regardless of the other fights on the card, you got to watch this one because this is a, a Hall of Famer, a legend, a guy that you're going to see, by the way, next weekend, call in the fight that you're, you're going to be watching on Fight Night or the next pay-per-view, he's going to be the guy, you know, ringside hanging out. And uh, um, I think the interest couldn't couldn't be greater. So let's let's quickly get into this, uh, this UFC 252 card. Uh, we'll talk the main card. Um, I'm going to grab the odds up here from, uh, um, from Bet Online. And, uh, and we're going to jump right into it. And I, I, I think, you know, the first uh, fight on the main card, bantamweight fight, it's uh, uh, UFC. I, is he a vet, John Dodson? Are we calling him a veteran? I mean, he has a lot of fights, but are we going to call UFC veteran John Dodson versus uh, Marev Davishelli? I think you have to. Yeah. John Dodson's been around for a while. He's yeah. 35 years old, you know. And, you know, he's got 32 fights under his belt now. So, yeah, I consider him a veteran. Okay. All right, well, well, currently, I mean, not that he's an old guy. Um, he's been around, and I, I even say, like, the UFC veteran. He is definitely a veteran of fights, but for me, it's like, it's like he, he, John Dodson's one of the guys you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's been around. Like, do we, do we, do we link him to the UFC forever? I, I guess so, but it's like it's one of those guys where you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, John Dodson. He's all right. Well, um, in this fight here, he's uh, he's actually a plus two hundred six underdog, which is uh, not the biggest underdog on the main card, but that's pretty significant when you're getting in the plus two range. Um, and then uh, um, Davashivi is uh, is minus two forty one, which I would consider that a reasonably heavy favorite here. And I don't see anything wrong, um, by the way, with that line. No, absolutely not. I'm definitely siding with Merav. 
uh, over here. The, the, the biggest difference between the two fighters is consistency. With regards to John Dodson, I mean, over the last five to six years, all he's done is alternate between wins and losses. He's never been able to really put together two, three, four fights in a row in terms of getting wins under his belt. Whereas Merab, right now, he's running a nice four-fight win streak. He's as tough as they come in terms of a style matchup. The one thing I'd love to see from Merab is a finish. He's riding a four-fight win streak, but they've all been unanimous decisions. None of them have been split decisions. They've been fairly comfortable decisions for him. Um, now, John Dodson is a bit of a tricky customer in terms of how fast he is, his technical ability. He's coming out of that Jackson Wink training camp out of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, so you know they're going to have a, a proper strategy and game plan set up for Merab. But I've got a very good feeling that Merab's going to get the, the victory here. Oh well, I think I, I think you're right. I don't think there's like really much discussion on that. You know, um, you know what we're gonna do is is uh, you know the the fun time that we did the last time we did this for a pay per view event. Um, I think you ran the table. Um, I think so. <laughs> oh, except for except for we uh, the one decision didn't go your way, but we we just said screw that and gave you the W. I think. Just, just for the, uh, the Max Holloway. That's right, Max. That's right. That's right. We gave we gave you the W anyway because it was such an absurd decision that we hated. But um, what we're gonna do though is 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 for this fight is we're gonna throw um, we're gonna throw like our, our bets down and see how you actually um, you you actually net out at the end of it here and and, and we're gonna put a million dollars on each fight a million for ten dollars. Um, no, we're just going to put whatever, um, but what we're going to do. So your, is your pick, um, Marab for this fight for sure. That's what we're going to do. Final answer. Final answer. Um, we're going to put a little bet on there. By the way, if you, uh, if you throw, uh, you know, just for the easy math, uh, a straight bet of 10 bucks on Marab, um, right now or a hundred bucks, um, you'd win, you'd win 40 back. Right. So, um, just for the math on those, like. So some people are confused with the pluses and the minuses and stuff. The easiest way is to go to betonline.ag, punch in how much you want to bet. It tells you how much you want to win. I could explain to you, to people the other way, but um, um, the easiest way is just to do that. So uh, your hundred bucks is going to win, win you uh, win you forty back, which is is not a, not a lot of money, but uh, I think that's a pretty good return for a low risk fight like this. And I believe um, that uh, Merab on this is going to be a low risk fighter. Let's move on. Um, to to the next uh, the next wonderful fight on the on the card of we're gonna ha- we're gonna hammer through this uh, Her- Herbert Burns and Daniel Pineda um, here Herbert Burns is uh, only thirteen fights here um, in this in, in in his career but a big favorite right now against Pineda uh, Sandu lay it, lay it into us what do you think of this fight Yeah this is a slam dunk yeah. for Herbert Burns for me Daniel Pineda he's kind of returning to the UFC but he's kind of like one of those guys that's a Vegas guy and the UFC's had a lot of trouble with regards to their roster and COVID and trying to get US-based fighters to actually get out to Vegas. They, they have it's a been hard, yeah. It's been difficult, yeah. So, And they've done a great job. I'll give them credit for that to try and uh, figure out a way to get as many high-caliber fighters uh, to Vegas and get them matched up and so they can build some fight cards. But for Pineda, he's 35 years old. You know, he's already had a run in the UFC. Um, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if he was to win this fight. Herbert Burns, he's the brother of Gilbert Burns. And if anyone's been following the UFC this year, Gilbert Burns is an absolute monster. So there's something definitely happening there in that Brazilian DNA. I'm picking Herbert Burns for this one. This is a slam dunk. 
Okay, easy. I already placed your bet, by the way, before you even got through your analysis. Um, he's a minus 253 favorite, by the way, which is about the same. Um, you win about 40 bucks with your $100 bet. On to the next one. Um, I, I know I can say Rosenstruck. Uh, the first name is just like I, uh, my nose started bleeding when I was trying to pronounce, uh, pronounce it. So we're just going gonna to say Rosenstruck is, is versus Junior Dos Santos here. Junior Dos Santos, man, he's an interesting guy. Like he's had an interesting career, man. He's a guy who came in that was one of the best MMA boxers anyone had ever seen, and then um, it, it felt like he just fell off a cliff a little bit. And then and now he's a, he's a guy that's been around so long. You're kind of surprised when he hits main cards here and there. You're like, oh yeah, Junior Dos Santos used to be really really good. Is he still really really good? I don't know. And it's like I, I'm not really sure how good he is or bad he is. But currently. Um, he's, he's a plus 101 underdog, which isn't really much of an underdog here. Fairly even fight that's going into this. Uh, what's your take on this Dos Santos matchup? Yeah, this kind of goes back to what we spoke about at the top of the show. And it's this idea of former champions who are still sticking around and trying to chase that former glory. And I think you can make a very good case here that that's the situation for Junior Dos Santos. You know, he's coming off of two back-to-back losses both by TKO, and he's 36 years of age, which isn't too old if you're a heavyweight, but Junior does have some mileage on him at this stage in his career. And he's fighting someone in Jarzinho Rosenstruck, who's got a fantastic uh, kickboxing background. He was actually undefeated until he ran into Francis Ngannou, who's arguably the scariest heavyweight on the planet right now. So... To have your only knockout loss be to Francis Ngannou, and then aside from that, every other you know uh, score on your resume be a win, and not just a win. Right. Nine of his ten wins by knockout, and the vast majority of them have been in the first round. So I'm definitely leaning towards Rosenstruck here. I think this is great matchmaking, by the way, uh, from the UFC. Rosenstruck is a guy that they are trying to build up as a potential future heavyweight contender. And to knock off a former champion in Junior DeSantis, who is kind of like on the the downslide of his career, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, But yeah, I think Rosenstruck should be uh, a solid favorite here. And although perhaps the line isn't so heavy one way or another here, I'm fairly confident that Rosenstruck is going to get the win here. All right. Well, uh, just so you know, your hundred bucks could get you about eighty bucks back. Your hundred plus another eighty dollars back. So that's a really solid bet. Almost one to one odds here. So uh, I love your confidence. I placed your bet for you. Um, it's uh, yeah. Either side here is going to be a ton of value. Uh, by the way, wherever you decide to go, you make a bit more money um, with Junior DeSantos if you want to put at. Um, you know, your hundred bucks right now will win you basically a hundred bucks, and Rosenstruck will give you eighty bucks. Um, so they're they're pretty even, but good value on both sides of the coin. Um, and, but yes, there's always. I mean, it's a, the downside of the career thing. It's it it always makes sense, and I always go with it, except for heavyweights, because for whatever reason, you just you don't have to age. Heavyweights in the UFC just don't get old. Like it's the weirdest thing that like these old guys and. Um, and I, you know what? I agree with you because of the style of fighter that Junior Dos Santos is. Um, but I'm always like, stop for a second because I'm like, 36 is actually, he's like in his, that's, that's prime heavyweight age, isn't it, for the UFC? It, it is. Uh, and the only kind of, uh, and I, I, I agree with you there. I think it always comes down to mileage. And with heavyweight competition, they have more knockouts than any other weight class. 
And so it always comes down to, is the chin still there? Can the athlete, can the fighter still take a punch like they used to? Can Junior DeSantos still get through the wars like he had against Cain Velasquez, for example. And when you've got someone like Jarzinho Rosenstruck, who just hits like an absolute truck and has the pedigree of knocking out most of his opponents in the first round, I just don't think this is a good matchup for Junior. Gotcha. Okay, well, then let's, let's just fire on to the next one here. Um, this one you're pretty excited about, though, for for a co-main event, not co-main event, but the, the, the main event, like un, main undercard, Marlon Vera versus Sean O'Malley. Um, you really, really like this, uh, this matchup, don't you? I really do. So Sean O'Malley is arguably the, the, the guy that the UFC is grooming to be the next big superstar. He's a guy that came through Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, and he had a bit of a hiccup a couple of years ago where he was essentially, um, you know, suspended via USADA. But we're talking about marijuana here. We're not talking about, you know, performance-enhancing drugs or, or things of that nature. And, and, and I think one of the, the situations that he was involved with would have perhaps actually been through uh, a performance-enhancing drug, but it was kind of like a tainted supplement. And with USADA, it's always a little bit murky and a little bit tricky. But that being said, he's come back in 2020, and he's already got two knockout victories under his belt, both in the first round, the first being in March, uh, a nice win over Jose Alberto Quinones, and then most recently, the walk-off knockout at UFC 250 against Eddie Wineland. And the UFC have put him right back in there. I mean, think about it, March, June, and August. So they're keeping him busy. He's undefeated. He's got a lot of momentum. He's great at marketing himself outside of the cage, outside of the sport. He does a great job in terms of social media. He gets it. He understands that you've got to do something to, uh, to attract an audience, to, to generate fan interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely ticks the box there. And he's just one of those guys, like, the way I like to describe Sean O'Malley, he is like the stoner gamers fighter. <laughs> like outside of the sport, we know he's got a fantastic uh, uh, affiliation with marijuana. He's a avid gamer. He's got so many things going on with regards to esports, and so you know he is that kind of that next generation of fighter coming through. That's kind of appealing to a, a very different demographic than say a Daniel Cormier or a Junior dos Santos for example. And I think the matchup with Marlon Chito Vera is the right step up in competition for him because Marlon Vera is you know, someone that's 27. He's still very much in his prime. He is coming off a loss, but prior to that, he had won five in a row. So I think this is going to be a tough matchup and a tough challenge for Sean O'Malley. I am going to officially pick him to win because I very, very rarely like to go against an undefeated fighter because you haven't really given me a reason not to pick you because you've had a perfect record so far. Um, but it is going to be a tough matchup, no doubt about it. But I am picking sh- uh, the Sugar Show to get the job done and to can keep that momentum going. And I tell you what, the UFC must have a lot of confidence in this kid. They've given him that co-main event slot on the biggest pay-per-view of the month. So look into that what you will. But uh, Sean O'Malley, I think, is the future. And uh, yeah, that's why I'm picking him to win this weekend. Love it. Locked in. He is a favorite at minus 265. 100 bucks is only going to get you about 35, 40 bucks back, but that's still a, uh, a decent ter- return for, for such a, uh, you know, for, for such a big favorite here. So you're, you're all over it. Now, um, we got to get into it. The big one here. Um, this is one of the biggest fights, uh, of the year. These guys have had two 
previous fights. They've split them. Um, Cormier with the uh, that little tiny awesome inside little uppercut put Stipe down. Stipe, who was yeah on a ma- massive winning streak, you know, biggest heavyweight defense streak of all time. Um, just a monster, just an absolute freaking monster. Um, but Cormier comes in, man, and he's like, he, he just he just ended the party for him. And then second fight, they get the rematch. Obviously, there's that automatic rematch clause. Cormier's dominating the fight, you know, and 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 I'm watching it going like he's just taking this guy apart. This is unbelievable. And then he just kind of gasses himself out, and then just like apparently, you know, he can't he can't lower an elbow to cover the left the right side of his stomach, and uh, and and Miocic just ends up running through him there. Um, currently, right now at Bet Online, um, Cormier is a small minus one fifteen favorite, and Stipe Miocic is at minus one hundred five. This is basically an even fight right now. Um, it, you know, it means there's maybe a bit more money in on on Cormier, and that's a more popular guy. So it's obviously what you can take it for. Uh, but in terms of just like betting, you can't really read much into these lines because they're basically even. Um, break down the actual fight. What happened in that second fight um, that got us here today? I'll tell you what happened. Steve Miocic figured out Daniel Cormier because he was losing that fight. And I don't know how it happened or why it happened, but between the third and fourth round, he sat down with his corner and then something switched, something changed. And he started to hit Daniel Cormier to the body. And that's when the momentum swung and he was able to finish him in that fourth round. This is actually a part of the, the biggest reason of why I'm leaning towards Stipe Miocic. And I'm, I'm ultimately going to pick Miocic to win this uh, this fight. Aside from the fact that he is the younger fighter of the two, I feel as though, you know, during the first two fights, he's seen enough of DC where he's figured him out. He knows the best way to to fight Daniel Cormier um, and I think he's going to have the right strategy in place uh, to implement his game plan and, and to ultimately finish DC I don't think this is going to the decision the, the, you know, the first two fights didn't go to decision and I'm not um, you know, I, I don't think this one will either the one thing that I think DC has in his favour is the fact that for the very first time they'll be fighting in a 25 foot cage so the setup in the Apex in Las Vegas for the UFC is the smaller cage. Their previous two fights were in the 30-foot cage. So you had Stipe Miocic that perhaps had a little bit more room uh, to move around and, and to not you know, uh, be susceptible to getting taken down by Daniel Cormier. So the smaller cage definitely favors DC here. Um, but I, I am picking Stipe Miocic. It's just a fantastic fight. Like, like I said at the top of the show, this isn't about trash talk. This isn't about some big heated rivalry where you know much like dc and john jones there's you know they have they have a lot of respect for each other uh and ultimately it's all about you know the best man winning and it's going to be uh incredible for steve miocic because for daniel formier he won the belt but then he had that moment in madison square garden where he was able to headline the show and, and take on Derek lewis who he ultimately defeated but for steve miocic this is his third fight back to back to back with the same dude you know, he fought Daniel Cormier in 2018, lost. He fought Daniel Cormier in 2019, won. And here we are, literally almost a year to the day later, and it's Daniel Cormier again. So I, I bet once this is all over and done with, Stipe Miocic will, will be happy to see DC in his rearview mirror. The, all the talk leading up to this fight has been surrounding DC as well. You know, he's the one that's in the public limelight. He's the one that does the bulk of the interviews. He's the one that kind of put it out there. Hey, guys. 
this is my final fight. I'm going to retire after this fight. So that's where that caveat comes into play, where you're not just tuning in to see an epic heavyweight title fight, you know, a rubber match, a trilogy fight. You're tuning in because this is going to be Daniel Cormier's final fight. So that's a major USP in terms of why fans are going to tune in this weekend. And so while all of this has been going on, Stipe Miocic has just been working out, training, uh, getting on with things during his camp. And he hasn't really had to deal with the media obligations that Daniel Cormier has had to deal with. So all the credit to, to DC for kind of doing the heavy lifting there, which I think Steve Pimocic, uh, to be honest, would have preferred anyway. He's never really been one uh, that has enjoyed, you know, enjoyed doing interviews and, and all the media responsibilities anyway. But yeah, I'm picking Steve Pimocic to win. I now, and I say that by also saying I would not be surprised whatsoever if Daniel Cormier won. This is as close as you can get to a coin flip. And it's, I think it's reflective with regards to why the lines are the way they are. If you're picking Daniel Cormier to win and you're going to put some money on DC, good for you because he's got a, an outstanding chance to win. And I would not be surprised if he does win that UFC heavyweight championship belt. I think the only kind of, I guess, uh, curiosity I have in mind is if DC does win, if he really and truly does retire. You know, like I said before, it happens so rarely. We saw it happen with George St. Pierre. But with Daniel Cormier, if he wins, are you telling me that if the UFC said, hey, John Jones wants to move up to heavyweight, you know, you haven't been able to beat John Jones, your arch nemesis, all these years. And now for the very first time, you get to compete with this dude in your weight class. I mean, you throw, you put that into the equation along with uh, a few, you know, zeros on a paycheck, and you tell him you can't tempt Daniel Cormier to, to step into the octagon one final time. So that's where my curiosity really comes into play if Daniel Cormier wins. It is if he really and truly does retire, because retirements in MMA don't really, uh, you know, last long, <laughs> uh, as we've seen time and time again. It's a, it's a very, it's a unicorn situation if someone does retire, especially on top, walks away and doesn't come back. So we'll see what happens after the fact. But going into it, man, that's what this whole fight week has been about. I'm hyped as hell. I cannot wait for this fight. And, uh, and yeah, I'm leaning towards Stephen Miocic here, Damon. Well, there you have it. Uh, there is your breakdown for uh, UFC uh, 252, man. Um, Miocic for the, for the win. Okay, so let's do a quick, quick recap here of, uh, of your picks that we have locked in on your bet card right now. You took Mareb, you took Herbert Burns, you took uh, Rosenstrike, you took Sean O'Malley, and you took Stipe Miocic. Um, that is your card. Those are the picks from Sandu MMA. Sandu, thanks so much uh, for joining us. We appreciate you coming on for these major cards, hanging out, giving us your picks, uh, and then you know just sharing your, your intimate knowledge of the fight game um, with us here on the Under Review Show. Of course, all of these odds and all of these bets can be placed at, uh, at betonline.ag. That's the odds we use, and they've been nice enough to do all that fun stuff for us, too. Uh, on behalf of, uh, of uh, Sandu MMA and uh, myself here at the Under Review Show, adios, muchachos.